The mother put the porcelain spoon. The mother drew back and poured the little girl back. But the mother did not hear the old voice. The mother. Experience the heartwarming story of a mother's love that knows no bounds, titled The Mother, written by Nobel Prize-winning author Pearl S. Buck. It's a story of love, sacrifice, and the universalism of motherhood that transcends race and borders, told through an account of an unnamed mother living in rural China in the early 20th century. Get the audiobook right now at radio.cgtn.com or any major podcast platform. Simply search for the Books and Beyond podcast and key in the mother. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable, coming to you live from Beijing. I'm He Young. Good as always to have you along. The first nationwide village basketball tournament in China will take place between June and October. After a year on, and to the excitement of millions of spectators online and offline, Village BA or Cun BA has taken the leap. To the national stage, is village football ready to take flight too? And what is something you couldn't do or buy as a child, but splurged for as an adult? We take a look at compensatory consumption behaviors once we're all grown up. For today's program, I'm joined by Ding Hong and Pearl in the studio. First on today's show. Village Basketball Association, or Village BA, China's hottest grassroots basketball game, was born in the wild, a rural primitive venue in a village in Guizhou Province. And now, after a year of hyper interest and popularity surrounding the tournament, it's going big onto the national arena, courtside. Audiences knock on iron pots and bowls to cheer on players and village teams dressed in local ethnic minority clothing. Villagers perform folk songs and dances during the halftime show, and rewards for winner teams are bags of rice, fish, ducks, and cows. The buzz that. Sports bring to quiet villages is not limited to basketball. A football tournament, also known as. Village Super League has attracted the attention of spectators online and offline, rural and urban as well. So, guys, give us a review. It's been a year since local villagers doubled down on what's called Tsunbie, putting it on par with NBA or CBA, you know, the Chinese Basketball Association. So, paint the picture for us. Yeah, not necessarily on par with those professional leagues, but definitely a very, very um, uh, spectacular and interesting phenomenon that deserves a discussion here. So,、uh, like you suggested, it's it has been over there for quite some time, for about a year. But it's it's really recently that a village in Guizhou Province called、uh, Taipan. It has recently gained huge public attention because of the、uh, the so-called Guizhou Gorgeous Countryside quote unquote basketball league, which has been dubbed by Chinese netizens as Cunbie, and Cun literally means a village in the Chinese language. Now, basically, we are talking about some locally organized basketball games in rural China.、Uh, villagers organize. 
these matches apply for with the authorities and watch these games all by themselves. And I guess the, the the relevant local government authorities may just receive the application and registration of the game. And really, they are they have been proved to be really really popular because、uh, usually these games usually just、uh, tip off after sunset. But many spectators, guess what, came courtside in the morning to secure seats. And those who could not get into the basketball court stood on benches, ladders, and even nearby drainage ditches. And the roads to the court are completely jammed. And some people from nearby regions, nearby counties, nearby you know cities, even end up driving for hours from another place to watch these games. So it's it's something. It's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, Pearl. What's your understanding of all this hype? And first, when you saw these, well, after listening to the description of these rural amateur basketball tournaments, what were your thoughts? Well, it's something that's familiar to me. Oh, really? Because yeah, in South Africa,、oh. football or soccer is、um, well, it's our main、uh, sports in South Africa, and then we have like cricket, rugby, and others,、mm. but. We are a big footballing nation,、uh, as、um, so. Yeah, <laughs> in rural areas, you would find that communities do come together, and、uh, you know, it's、uh, and, and organize these tournaments、um, that encourage young people to showcase their talents. And this is what I'm seeing here. This is a chance for communities that are outside the organized. Um, established associations and organizations that are largely、um, concentrated in big cities, so they can't get to those. So why not organize their own events and tournaments to uncover and earth the young talent that is there? And sometimes it also includes. Older people, you can find, especially in South Africa, we have something that's called the OGs. Versus、um, the young people, so you find older <laughs> guys that were really big in the community. They were known like in schools as、ah. big stars,、uh, but they never really made it to the bigger、National、stage.、Scene. You know,、yeah. so they they always you know revered in the community as、ah. people who are talented, but you know, unfortunately, they never made it. And those people they come together and they play the youngsters, and it's really、uh, an exciting、um, atmosphere and.、Uh, Events to see this、uh, generation, <laughs> the two generations coming together, you know, to bridge this gap and enjoy themselves while they entertain the community. So I think here in China, with this basketball tournament and now the football one, that's、uh, the league that's starting. It's something that's encouraging that spirit of togetherness, community, bringing、um, the communities together to celebrate and 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 forget about you know their hardships, whatever they're faced in rural、mm-hmm. areas. Because we know in rural areas, a lot of、um, uh, communities do not have、um, the fancy facilities that you find in cities, but they still do find joy in the sports、uh, that are enjoyed by many around the country. And、um, that's where you then also able to garner in support from other sponsors to build、um, the facilities, the courts here,、yeah, basketball courts. As we're talking about basketball.、Mm-hmm. 
and uh, football pitches because people will see on social media as we have seen now this uh, tournament has become huge yep. through social media people might come in and say hey how about we sponsor you or we sponsor this community you know so this is great i think yeah this is definitely great but just a follow up question on what you just said pearl um do let's say um future talent get scouted through these mag call them grassroots level tournaments in your country south south africa Yes. So yeah. see that's another it big part happen, of this yeah. whole thing. It does happen. Yeah. Be- especially now with uh, social media adding a new dynamic to this, so, you know, a new dimension to this uh, rural usually unfocused on uh, tournaments. Social media is now putting that spotlight on these tournaments and people are paying attention. They are seeing people that or young uh, youngsters that are talented yeah. and uh, that also might get to a bigger club or a, a, a somebody who's looking or scouting for talent and so these uh tournaments are really great i think and uh, they should get the support that they need and also they are owned by communities because they are the ones the communities are the ones that are organizing them so it is for communities by communities and uh, that's what makes it exciting i mean i saw here mm. some of the commentary is done in local languages and so people get excited when you hear uh, your, your your the terms and phrases in your language uh, when uh, the commentary is done on the field or court side people get excited it builds or adds to their excitement so yeah i i do support this development yeah, yeah i can hear it uh, in the excitement in your voice as well and mm. that's fantastic what you're referring to is possibly um these um basketball tsunbie uh tournaments have been uh, narrated and commented using standard mandarin as well as uh guizhou local dialect here and there and and that's just so much more fun i guess especially you know some of the times the commentators they go wild and we love that cuz you know it's like the rawness and the uh mm. live event and there's a lot of uh, things to be really excited about and Jinghong when you look at the Sunbie phenomenon um mm. what do you think explains this explosive popularity and Pearl has touched upon a couple of things um we believe is shared you know among both countries in that situation in general um what about here what about now Yeah so um it's i think it is really shedding light on some of the very um exciting changes or evolutions taking place in rural parts of China and Guizhou can be seen as a very good example because uh on the government policy front we have uh, a strategy which has been implemented since 2017 i guess called the uh, rural revitalization and really i think um you know revitalizing the rural communities through sporting events is one one of the sub sub uh strategies okay. yeah you know so really um it seems many spectators of these particular games don't seem to be the fans of any particular team because they cheered every game regardless <laughs> of the participating game team yeah. so 
I guess it's really that kind of、uh, exciting atmosphere that these、uh, villagers, mostly villagers, I guess, are enjoying. And some in some cases, I also saw some of these villagers bring iron pots and pans from their homes to strike as a sort of、uh, excitement. So. Um, You're onto something here, and also、yeah. this could be signifying something that might have been a change going on in the very recent few years. That is, for quite some time, we've talked about on the show, we've seen in the news a lot that. The Chinese rural areas are hollowing out, and、mm-hmm. young people, or I mean, young—we're talking about basically working age、yes. of folks leaving the rural areas for job opportunities in the cities. And、um, according to Chunbie, like、mm. the in- informal rules seem to insinuate that it's those in their early twenties up to forty years old can join.、Um, So you're talking about people in their prime age of work, and these people go back to their villages to、mm. play basketball and, and and to participate in this whole thing. I mean, this is a little counterintuitive to what some people might be looking at of、yeah. the Chinese.、Uh, Countryside in recent years. Yeah, because uh, you know, um, uh, because um, as a、uh, consequential. Uh, benefit of the of the heat of these、uh, Tunbia basketball、uh, games. I think,、um, yeah, one benefit is that they create some kind of a、uh, new opportunities for these、uh, youngsters as well. Because、uh, in the cases I have seen, I have read about some people have returned from big cities. Where they have been like、um, uh, living and working for a number of years already, they returning from big cities to. For example, open restaurants or homestay hotels to cater to the, these people who have come to enjoy these uh, foot, uh, basketball games. And on the other hand, I think philosophically speaking, it's 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 more like、um, it's more about、uh, efforts to preserve these some of these、uh, traditions or traditional practices in these.、Um, The local villages, for example, in this particular case, we are we are looking at the, this、uh, this village called Taipan.、Mm-hmm. Um, I think the popularity of the basketball for the locals really didn't come by chance because playing basketball has a long history or tradition in Qiandong Nanmiao and Dong Autonomous Prefecture,、mm-hmm. where this particular village is located, because. Basketball games were originally part of the celebrations of the local, you know, Miao ethnic minority harvest festival during the sixth month of the lunar calendar, and that's a that's really a tradition dating back to the 1930s.、Mm-hmm. So, according to those senior villagers, that particular village has held a basketball competition at least once a year since the year 1936, and there has never been any interruption. Option to this day. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's really fun, and、yeah. also for any event to explode like this, there's usually a foundation or a history that it's built on, and、yeah. um, it's not only this particular village, a village we're talking about here, but among many of these、uh, villages, apparently it is you know during these. 
uh, festivals or celebrations, and then sometimes it's along the lion and dragon dance, and folks over there are like, well, you want to continue the celebration, and this through maybe a football match or a basketball match, and so it's been interwoven into this whole festive scene anyway. And even Yao Ming, president of the CBA,、yeah. um, has said to a CGTN reporter. That、um, years ago he's participated in one of these Tunbie events because,、um, well,、yeah. I, I guess he was just there to as an honorary yeah,、uh, player. Yeah.、Uh, but 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 you know these things. It's got history,、um, a bit of a custom for local people. But it's really just、um, this. In the last year or so, we've、mm. seen the popularity visible thanks to social media exposure, as such. Oh, and there's another thing that's really interesting here, just for this social media exposure to to happen, you need fast internet. And then one of the local、uh, telecom workers proudly presented that. All of our villages have 4G network. Therefore, we can present you live streams of these、uh, village basketball basketball games, and、yeah. nobody watching a live game or show can tolerate the buffering, the pixelated faces, as such. You want it to be、uh, smooth and fast, the way it should be, and that's all. Made possible thanks to well, this is infrastructure building. Then yeah, so yeah, so what it says here is that people's passion, the community's passion, has encouraged all this development, has actually mobilized all this development or attracted this development for them, because otherwise, if there wasn't so much attention on this community through. Their love for basketball or just sports in general, then they would still be、uh, poorly developed. They still not have so much access to four、um, G internet, fast internet, and so on. And so that's why well, that happened before the sports.、Mm. Yes, but it's encouraging other things. It's encouraging.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it I is. I mean, tourism. People who are now seeing、um, these sports not、yeah. being streamed live. Yeah, online people are, are interested in where is this place? They ask themselves, yeah, and that will trigger, a, a, I guess, an interest、uh, to find out and visit all these communities. I mean, we're seeing here tourism is is、uh, said to be booming in these areas, and、uh, and that is encouraging because it means income for local communities as well as you know other. Industries will develop as time goes because people are investing money in this in the local communities through this.、Uh Just maybe, maybe not so small, but you know, sports. Yeah, what it has done for the community, their love for sports has actually attracted a lot more than just eyes on them, but investment also. Yeah, I also wonder if. Um, there is this genuine interest of live events or just stuff that happens in the village that is not the everyday things, you know? Because you're looking at—I'm not joking—mountains of people, seas of spectators. Like they're、mm-hmm. garnering on average twenty thousand people who are sitting there in the open. There's no.、Um, 
uh, air con <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. And these are people there watching amateur sports. And otherwise, these are just folks who are, you know, dealing with their everyday thing and maybe just watching goats pass by. I don't know what it is. So this yeah, also this points their, to the potential of something entertainment, that... Their form of entertainment. But so it that's didn't, why it's attractive. I mean, but it I'll, didn't exist so much in the past. Well, huh. How long have these tournaments mm. have? How long have they been running? Is the question, you know? But did it used to attract this many people? Is kind of my. I'm question. sure we don't know. I mean, if there are records that point to that, because yeah. I, like I said, um, I've seen such tournaments, uh, especially in South Africa. Mm. They draw a lot of uh, people, especially if you hold them on a Sunday, because Sunday is a rest day for most people in South Africa, and people just come out that, and that is. Before the internet, people just come yeah. out because they want to see their local stars and they also love football. They love the sport. So they want to participate in the sport. And also there are there would be um, stars that come from the community that come back to uh, sponsor and support uh, small tournaments as a way of them giving back to the community and so that also encourages people to come out i was seeing also uh, there's a similar uh, tournament well it's a, it's a horse racing um, event in is it in australia i think in australia it, they just had it in may and similar numbers came right. out and it's a rural it's a rural um, event that they have. And uh, they had like more than 20,000 people that come out to see people just horse racing. And uh, these are not professionals. They are amateur uh, people that uh, organize this annually. And so people take, I guess they, they love things that are organized by communities, events that are organized by communities. And uh, it also encourages them to come together to unify yeah. as a, as a community and also to meet people that you have not seen in many many years because yeah. or not even socializing many years, events. but you rarely see yeah. them because of work or other things. Yeah, what you point to, like the community aspect of it, I think is something a lot of Chinese people have forgotten. Or for us, many of our fellow brothers and sisters have only joined the so-called urbanization process in yeah. the last 20 or so years and then you know the sense of community has changed drastically and then to give value to that and also to participate and um, enjoy and see if there is something more to the meaning of community and what it can it do to young kids especially in the aspect of sports this is all very interesting and exciting and big plans are brewing to take village basketball onto the national stage and we're seeing that now um the whole of all these villages have been div uh, divided up into four districts nationally and then they're going to participate in the tournament this year mm. it's it's gone bigger than last year and what do you see as possible challenges as there is so much hype but um, people or some of the enthusiasts are kind of worried that things might go wrong. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, so basically we are seeing many, many other cities in other provinces like provinces like Guangdong, Zhejiang, Fujian, Inner Mongolia, 
Autonomous Region, Jiangxi Province, Jiangsu Province. These provinces are all taking similar measures to to incubate such kind of、um, amateur sports. But really, I think in some of the say economically. Developed regions,、um, a match can be held in an、uh, in an indoor stadium. But really, on the other hand, not all rural areas are really suitable for holding of such games because not all places have the mass base. I guess when we talk about rural area, most often than not, the reality is many villages, not all, but many villages are also are only. You know, resided only by the elderly people and women, and their passion about, say, basketball or, or soccer can be limited, and also it can become a burden for the grassroots level of the government authority because if. Uh, the higher level of of authority have a document about holding these events. Then, it's if it becomes a must, it will become a burden for the for the grassroots of the government authority, regardless of whether you know if you turn a blind eye to the actual need of that particular region. Right.、Mm, that's interesting. <laughs> so far, what it seems, well, some of the、uh, people who are watching this event say that. The secret recipe to success is that there is no meddling from the outside. So basically, <laughs>、exactly. it, it, it's these folks in a particular village who enjoy playing sports, and they organize themselves. They only need to apply for sort of like a piece of registration or something, saying that we have a public event here. Period. Nothing else needs to be involved in a bureaucratic or administrative manner, and therefore,、um, once this has become more popular,、um, who's going to take the lead in organizing and managing? And that becomes a question. You're listening to Roundtable. We'll be back. With a history of 5,000 years, it's no surprise that China has created a fabulous treasury of folk tales. Once a year, on the seventh day of the seventh month, all the magpies fly up to heaven and form a bridge. So many amazing worlds to discover. I want a new palace," said King Mu of Zhou one day. Chinese folk tales retold for audiences today. Will, will you marry me? He asked. And with little hesitation, she said, <laughs> "Yes." Five thousand years of amazing Chinese folk tales. My father must not go to war. Someone must take his place. You'll find Chinese folk tales season three, wherever you discover your favorite podcasts. Keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, He Young. I'm joined by Pearl and Ding Hong in the studio. Coming up, the scarcity of childhood resources could lead to a kind of compensation mentality later on in life. What is something you couldn't do or buy as a child, but splurged for as an adult? And what are the top ten delicious cuisines in the world? Some internet users find it hard to stomach that China 
didn't come first in this particular ranking. So, oh come on, nobody comes up first all the time. And I think maybe we should just be more welcoming and just see, you know, what what other countries have to offer. But personally. I really like <laughs> the Chinese cuisine, <laughs> but you know we'll get into it. Our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcasts. If you have questions that you want us to answer on social issues, business, technology, or whatever moves your spirit, you can send those our way. There's a place to do it: EZFM Roundtable at foxmail.com. Emails are fine, but voice memos are always better, considering we are a radio. Show after all, and now on roundtable as we continue today's discussion. Data released by Taobao, China's leading e-commerce marketplace, indicates that 70 million Chinese adult users buy toys for themselves annually, and 57 percent of which are born in the 1990s. This has been attributed to a phenomenon called childhood compensatory behavior. So essentially. Actually, we're asking this question: What is one thing you really wanted to have as a child, but couldn't, that you got for yourself as an adult? What's your answer, Pearl and Ding Hong? I don't really think I have like this one specific thing, but I'll say electronics.、Um, I always maybe wanted. Certain electronics that I never got as a child. So like Game once, Boy, Nintendo, yeah, smartphone, <laughs> computer. Yeah, I never got those things when I was. But we did have that.、Um, what's that other game called, man? With the I forget the other one. The TV <laughs> game one with the、uh, red、uh, joysticks.、Um, so we eventually got that.、Uh, I was happy about Good that. Good for you. But that wasn't. That was like a. A hand me down from、oh, someone that else. That doesn't count. But I was happy. I was happy. <laughs> Listen,、okay. it, it doesn't take a lot to you know make me feel happy. So yeah, yeah.、Um, but yeah, electronics mainly.、Um, when I like once I got a job and I was able to buy a lot of things for myself. Ah,、uh, for myself, <laughs> that's what I did. I bought you know like a laptop, MacBook.、Um, what else? I. Yeah. A cell phone, a nice cell phone, because I my first cell phone、uh, that I got I was in high not in high school tertiary university,、uh-huh. and I bought that myself. Oh, well so, done! <laughs> yeah. So yeah, a lot of things that I bought,、uh, I bought what I didn't have when I was younger, but I got them.、Uh, yeah, at a later stage when I started working, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be good friends with my best friend. She is a very smart. Programmer nowadays, but when she was a kid, well, we grew up together, and、uh, she wanted all these gadgets, but her parents could only allow her to get like one, maybe a year or something. And well, so aside from her day job, which is super busy, she plays games still.、Um, In my opinion, excessively nowadays,、um, she bought seventeen. Uh, smartphones to、Whoa. play games and stuff, and she's got a tailor-made, a custom-made rack to keep the seventeen smartphones、Whoa. perfectly ventilated at the same time to be playing games. And 
Yeah. So like you, yeah. this is I, the indulgence. I grew out of my I grew out of my thing early cuz I only bought like a few um a few items. Okay. Cell phone. <laughs> Obviously I need a cell phone now yeah. cuz I, I I'm older and I work and I need to be in touch with people and yeah. cell phones are really big nowadays yeah. but back then they were not so big so yeah. it was okay. So I'm I, it wasn't much so much of me feeling sad that I never got those things. It's just that now I can afford them. Yay. Exactly. So I bought all of this. And go things. fall out. And sneakers, you know, I can buy any sneaker, like any pair of sneakers that I want, yeah. you know, cuz mm. but I don't go I, I don't overdo it. That's the thing. I don't overdo. All right. Now what I'm Jesus. into it's like yeah. ca- if I see a nice camera mm-hmm. that I want. Okay, so of, now we we we, we yeah. get it. Like the stuff you're into and exactly. uh yeah. that goes with my passion, I guess. Yeah. yeah. See, it's it's the uh, luxury and indulgence uh that we enjoy as adults and that's great. Okay, mm. so your turn, Ding Hung. It's also fine to say that you don't really have this particular thing or this penchant of doing something because you were deprived of it in your childhood. Yeah, actually you have the right guess. Um my my story <laughs> sounds uh way less exciting, you know. Frankly speaking there does not seem to be any such thing in my case, you know. Of oh, course don't as sell a sell yourself short. As a as a little boy, yes. I I always wanted to own all kinds of toy guns, the kind of oh. you know guns that is able to shoot <laughs> out, you know, plastic bullets. You know, right? Okay. Yeah, it can hurt birds or fish, not people. <laughs> but but in my memory, all of my needs at the time were mostly, more often than not, met by my parents in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I think as an elementary school kid, I. Had a lot of passion. I loved collecting, you know, stamps,、uh, and financially that habit has been supported by my parents as well. But as time goes by, this habit disappeared later on. So,、yeah. unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on depending on how you define it, there is no. Uh, so-called、uh, compensatory buying in my case, <laughs> right?、Um, I don't really know where I fell in this spectrum of things, but、um, I certainly can relate to this joy of you getting the stuff you want that you know is probably going to be disapproved of by other adults or people who just don't don't understand, and also you know your parents. Like when I was the when I was I think six years old. That time we were living in the U.S. and my dad was still getting his degree, and we we basically just didn't have money. And then I loved these、uh, Lisa Frank stickers. They're extremely colorful and they're so pretty. It's like I I remember this collection of. Bunny ballerinas, and they were just so cute. I really wanted them.、Um, I. Uh, did I cry? I, I was I was ready to make a scene in the supermarket, but my mom just would not get them for me. And I remember just、oh, I want them so badly. I'd do anything for them, but I just couldn't get them. And guess what? Once、mm-hmm. I'm an adult, I make my own money. I got a whole box of them. I'm so, I was so glad that the sticker company didn't go bankrupt, <laughs> that they still existed after all these years. And another thing is, if you listen to the show, you probably know that I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan, a huge Linkin Park fan as well. And recently, in my happy place, I shared that Linkin Park came out with their、um, Meteora. 
20th anniversary album, and it came in the form of a super deluxe box set, which costs two hundred dollars. And for them to be for it to be shipped to China, it probably costs a hundred dollars on its own. So basically, you know what? I don't have a baby. I'm not married. I can finance what I want to do in life, and and off I go. It's it doesn't really take much thinking, and <laughs> these are things. Yeah, I I can't believe we have not talked about this on the show before because we always talk about all、oh, how sad it is, reminiscent we are about、uh, leaving childhood. But guess what? Once you're an adult and you make your own money, there are some of these choices that you are free to make, and it just makes you feel so good. And.、Uh, This is something that apparently a lot of internet users in China, in Canada, in America, across the world have been talking about. What is something that you buy now、uh, that you were not allowed to have or couldn't afford as a kid? And the internet has its answers. For example, let's start with Zhuhu, and、uh, we've got、oh, so many internet users sharing their their examples.、Um, Dinghong, would you like to go through some of them? Yeah, so some of them is really materialistic, like、uh, new and pretty clothes, because、uh, some of these netizens' parents had a real issue buying uh, these uh, pretty new clothes for for them. So they said because. They are a male, so they should not pay attention to dressing. That's ridiculous, in my personal opinion. So <laughs> now they shop for nice clothes all the time. Now I guess when they are good for you, yeah.、Man. I guess when they are working <laughs> in the office, they're still you know searching on Taobao or Tibao or whatever platform.、Uh, and there were cases like、uh, cake. And instant noodle because growing up, their parents kept telling them that instant noodle is bad, is not healthy, filled with chemical. Yes, that's probably true. But now they are eating instant noodle whenever they want, <laughs> and some of the things they they are now compensating for is really. Less on the、uh, materialistic side because、mm. some of some of things regarding being on on my own and being charge of my own time. Here, in this case, this girl shares that I'm a woman. Ever since I was a little, ever since I was a little girl, my mom kept an eye on me all the time. She had a very strict timetable regarding, for example, when I should. She'll be arriving home from school, and once I graduated and moved to live in another city, I love spending time on my own. And my requirement of my boyfriend is to is for this boy to respect the freedom of my own time.、Mm-hmm. I have ended a previous relationship simply because that guy was kind of a control freak. Well. <laughs> I I think that's not a small thing because if this man is asking for your time always according to his timetable,、yeah. then that's a big deal.、Yeah. What else? You know? Yeah. So control freak. Well, you know.、Um, also, yeah.、Uh, another thing is、um, raising a cat. So basically, I, I suppose the parents just didn't allow the kid to have okay this、mm. grown-up adult now to have a pet, and then therefore raise a cat. And then、uh, somebody said that,、uh, yeah, this is my、uh, game all night long. <laughs> Probably wasn't asked, 
uh, given the freedom to do that. But but yeah, like when you're um, a, a teen or tween, it's probably best that you use your time more wisely, not video gaming all day, uh, all night long. And then one of the things that kind of stood out to me was this one. My parents always satisfied my reasonable requests. Therefore, I have no extra demand in my adult life. None of this insatiable whole um, from the stuff I eat, buy, use everything. I am content. If I have extra money, I just save up. No biggie. So yeah, that's really cool too. Mm. Yeah, it works. I mean, I think mo- the people that get affected the most are people from like maybe working class families because they had to watch. Parents had to watch how much they spend on items or frivolous things that kids may want so once you get older you you think back and you're like i really wanted that thing and Mm. then you start you know if you're working a good job you start spending your money on those things that you never had that's why parents say uh, when once people have their own kids they say hmm I want to give my child what I never had. So that's yeah. still that psychology that, you know, what you didn't have, what you were deprived of as, as a young child, whether it's by circumstances or, you know, parents just not feeling like you deserve those things. But when once you get older, you want to change that, that uh, narrative for your child. You want to give what uh, you can uh, for your child or to your child. So, I mean, I'm from a, a working class um, family. And so I'm also affected by that because whatever I'm getting now, whatever I'm buying, uh, whatever I started buying once I started working was affected by that. You know, my parents couldn't afford a lot of things for mm-hmm. me. So now uh, I can afford a lot of things. I can travel. I can do, you know, I can do, do everything what you that I want. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it's a great feeling to do that. That's, I guess that's positive um, consumption yeah. to compensate for the the, the, the depri- deprivation that you suffered or you experienced as a young child. Yeah, I think that could work both ways. It could be positive, but it could also go negative, especially if when you have children and then how do you want to raise them? If it was something that you were deprived of and you also in a com- compensatory manner want to provide in access to your kid and maybe your kid doesn't even want that thing but it's it's i think also important for us to remember not to repeat these cycles in an unwanted or or, or negative way either but i think yeah we're all dictated and shaped and molded by our own experiences and and how does that affect the next generation is forever something we can we can examine as such but but also there's another one that stood out to me among the chinese um uh, internet users who left a comment on the section which i think is very representative of more than one generation okay so there's one person who said that what they do they couldn't do when they were kids but now they do all the time do nothing my parents made me go to extracurriculum classes from kindergarten to high school now as a grown-up i happily do nothing extra i wish i can keep doing nothing aside from my day job so i mean this thing 
uh, I can just see some alarm bells ringing for some parents or some people. Um, but yeah, if you've been packed with too many activities that this child might not even be able to to, to differentiate whether one has interest in doing so or not, mm. and then your passion has been killed off, basically. Mm. Mm. And then you've been doing that, you've been raised like that for a decade or more, and then one day you have the room, ability, right to choose you simply want to do nothing. So would that fall under the category of uh, undercompensation? Mm, <laughs> because yeah. yeah, in psychology, there's also that, that <laughs> yeah. term. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, this is relevant, but uh, not directly relevant. But it somehow reminds me of a scenario where, you know, some of the kids, some of the students, they were really excellent. They were really academically excellent when they were middle school or high school students but once they get into the university here in the chinese case um they become uh, slackers they they just uh, cease to study and in the end after four years they even fail to get a diploma they even fail to graduate simply because growing up you know their schedule have been packed with all kinds of this extracurriculum classes, et cetera, et cetera. It's all about study, and they lost their interest. Mm-hmm. So when they are supposed to study harder in university education to pursue their real academic career, they their passion was no longer there. So that's... You know, a very, very painful lesson for parents to to to, to learn. You know, yeah. And Another instance is when parents live their lives vicariously, live their yeah. lives through the children. I didn't have children. this. You must have it, dear exactly. darling. And then that just puts the kids' passions to the side, mm-hmm. and then the kid is mm-hmm. under pressure to live up to your dreams and wishes. And once you you leave that child alone, they mm. they're lost. They lose yeah. passion. They don't know. They lo- They lose direction in life. And so we should be careful about that, I think. I, I think so, too. And this is touching on something. Um, well, I'm no psychologist, but it seems that this is what any young person will need to go through growing up and maturing. That is finding your own own drive Mm. when you're a kid when we were kids what did we live for pleasing our parents i think that's what a lot of kids in eastern uh in east asian countries would say but once you grow up to let's say teenage age and then you're, you're a blossoming young person gradually we need to find why am i here why am i doing this and then once you start asking these questions, then everybody needs to come up with their own answer. And a society that sort of subconsciously instills a unified standard and answered is extremely unhealthy. And that drives people nuts. So, well, I mean, in China, we're seeing in, in, in recent years, I think there's probably more of the, oh, there are you know different options for people and Mm. more acceptance of that which is so incredibly crucial Mm. for the well-being of people and then if we uh, look further i mean this is good for the well yeah psychology well-being of people good for the economy good for 
you know, folks in all different aspects. And aside from what you've all just said, um, one of the reasons that sometimes parents um, say no to their children's wants and maybe, um, you know, inadvertently that became a hole in this kid's heart that uh, he or she will need to fulfill growing up, um, was that parents simply thought that this thing you want it's a waste of money. <laughs> it's not like we don't have all the yuan or U.S. dollars to buy this thing, but it's it's not appropriate for you or it's it's just made yeah. to fool kids. So I'm not spending on that. And, and I can totally relate to that sentiment, too. But and sometimes mm. that's called parenting. You know, you can't give kids everything they want, mm. especially these days when we look at how uh, products, merchandise has been marketed towards kids. They don't know better. And they are the young consumers in the household that businesses have very shrewdly targeted. So I mean, in this sense, I kind of feel for parents because you are dealing with consumer culture that have seeped through the walls into your household. And you want to be a good parent that is disciplining your kid with good habits and ideas in using money and and, and consumption on all of this stuff. But it sounds like they're up to a lot of challenge in a way so how do you make it that yeah so i think uh speaking from um a parental uh perspective i guess it's probably very um important for parents to really somehow learn a lesson from their own childhood including uh you know the the do's and don'ts list uh on the part of their own uh parents including the mistakes of their own parents which might be beneficial to their to their own parenting but that being said you know learning a lesson per se does not really mean overcompensating your kids these are two different concepts right Yeah, and it's important to have that awareness because if it weren't for doing research for this show, I I don't understand this. I don't understand how, you know, overcompensation could impact people as well as uh, undercompensation as such. And there there is a lot of dimensions towards the simple question, really, because aside from the material things that we've just talked about, one of the things that, or one of the comments um, of internet users that really struck me was this one from well this was uh, from Cora in the US uh, platform that answers questions from an internet user called Tom Pearson he's uh, to answer this question of what is one thing you really wanted to have as a child that you still want to have today he said I want I wanted to be loved I wanted someone to care for me I wanted someone to protect me these are things I have had to learn to do for me, myself. I love myself. I care for myself. I protect myself. I do these things myself to the best of my ability. But still, deep down, I recognize that I still want someone else to do these things for me. 
That sounds so sad. I know. It's yeah. somebody's childhood who hasn't been looked so after. Yeah. Just yeah. want to give them a big hug. Mm. Yeah. So, so, there are, so it's not just about material things, but the, there, there are these experiences, these qualities, these... Mm. Um, Emotional support. Yes, right. and interactions and connections that once you don't have as a child, um, it's, mm. it's affecting you even when you're an adult. So this is one thing that I... I thought that Pearl, you might have um, some thoughts about, you know, when when it comes to um, these important qualities of not material goods that um, are important for any person to sort of grow up in a safe, secure environment where ideally we would like everybody to sort of, you know, uh, to to perform to one's utmost of potential. True. I mean, we see uh, a lot of sad stories about child neglect, you know, child abuse and all those things. And obviously those things do carry on and affect people in their adults' lives. And so what I would maybe in this gentleman's case, I would suggest that maybe the person talks to someone who's a professional and mm-hmm. helps them so that they can help them through this uh, this deprivation that they experience and the lack of protection, you know, n- not having some someone there for them at crucial times as a kid. And so, I, yeah, it sounds like a very serious case. Someone who's emotionally and psychologically um, been scarred but what, by what they experienced as a as a child, so I think this is a case for professionals, and uh, and, and and but also I think he's doing a really well already, you know. Obviously, yeah. he's not because he's still raising this issue today. So yeah, it will serve them well. I mean, it's not a bad thing to yeah. see a psychologist, even if you aren't well. You need to talk to someone to help you get your bearings right in life and so on so it's it's okay people need to be comfortable with that you know the fact that it's okay to see someone who's a professional who knows how to talk to them in a way that will help them through uh, crucial difficulties in life yes and that's another really interesting point that Maybe one day we can make it a subject on Roundtable. That is, in Western therapy, it encourages everybody to, you know, just talk it out. But for my Chinese mind, I have a question mark about that. Is, is it like I have to talk about everything just to, mm. to, to, make, to sort out the trauma that we have, the things that we go through as a child? And, and and yeah, in that uh, TV show that's really popular recently, Beef, um, there's a line, Western therapy doesn't work on Eastern minds. I, I have a question <laughs> mark there because I really want to know the answer, you know. But um, knowing ourselves and making sense of our experiences helps us to differentiate, to shed destructive layers from our past that limit us in our lives and to become who we really seek to be. So for all the parents looking for answers on how... T- to be the best parent they can be. The key is often to venture into yourself and to do so with strength, curiosity, and compassion. And remember, your child is a completely different person to you. Um, And we'll talk about 10 best cuisines on a different show. That's it for today. We'll see you next time, guys. 